Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi everyone. There's a trigger warning for the episode we're about to start. So this episode will contain suicide and conversations around sexual assaults. We advise our listeners to seek for professional assistance if you require mental health support. Hey guys, it's Jessie. Hi, it's Helen here. And you're listening to Asian Bitches Down Under. <laughs> Another week. Yo, yo, yo. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, guys? What is like black culture? <laughs> I don't know. That's one. <laughs> yeah. Like African-American vernacular or something, isn't it? Oh. Uh. Yeah, they're the only people who know how to be cool. Oh, Asians can be cool. I think we're cool. I just want to be cool. You're cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm the least cool person in the world, which actually makes me cool, yeah. No, you're just cool no. amongst all the kids. I feel like, yeah, I feel like um, the definition of cool is anyone who does not give a shit about things. Yeah. Or like, as in doesn't take life too seriously and doesn't care about what people think about them that is cool uh-huh. i like you, that you're you know? like that undo you are oh yeah. really thanks i don't know i mean yeah I, I i'd like to think of myself as someone who doesn't care about that i mean yeah i, I don't think I, I i mean i i know i don't give a shit about what other people mm-hmm, think of me mm-hmm. but there are things that i care about about the projection of how I am in the world that concerns me. Uh, okay. Something about, I think I care about my own opinion about myself. Uh. Yeah, and that concerns me. So Billy and I and Kyle have this funny thing, ongoing thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm like, I'm so self-aware. And then every time I say that, they crack up. Uh-huh. But like, yeah. I, but, but of course, you know, I, the people who say that, are the least self-aware, you know? <laughs> yes. As in self-aware as in what, like physical? Like whether or not you shave your underarms before you go to swimming? Or... I think self- self-aware as in I'm always thinking, like for example, I'm always questioning why I feel the way I feel about something. Okay. Like it's self-aware as in I'm consistently and sort of almost neurotically hyper-vigilant in terms of interrogating my own feelings about the way I respond to things in the world. So, for instance, mm-hmm. there's this writer who I find really, every time I see him, I won't obviously say his name, but every time I've gone to see him, he's an Australian writer, every time I've seen him in an interview or in a public space, he's always really angry, mm, like okay. really angry, like always, and he never smiles and he's just so abrasive. And I, and I, instead of like hating on him, mm-hmm. which was my, my first response my first reaction was oh god he's so unpalatable my next response is like well why like I I ask myself Mm -hmm. well why Jess why do you find him so unsavory and unpleasant like just because he doesn't smile he's not obligated to smile Mm -hmm. you know and he Mm -hmm. has every right to be angry like I'm angry all the time Mm -hmm. why does why does his brand of anger have to be channeled through my mode of um palatability you know yeah I guess you can like it is the choice is up to you how you're you're going to respond to that particular person and that person of course exactly. that he's got a a choice of being angry or not angry as well so it's really dependent on individual choices i mean when you're being with someone for a while that you always feel oh it's 
have I done something wrong or have certain actions that cause that particular person to behave that way? But I think at the end、mm. of the day, you always have a choice whether or not to accept and take it up as your your own burden. That's how I feel. Ah,、uh, I don't know. You are you saying you have a choice to be angry or not? Is that what you're saying? Oh no, I I mean that you have a choice of how you will respond to his anger. Oh yeah 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 exactly yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I mean yeah yeah I think I agree with you. I mean you can you can be angry to him as well,、mm-hmm. but also、mm-hmm. you can just think that you know fuck off. I'm not gonna be wasting my energy on that kind of anger.、Mm-hmm. Yeah、mm-hmm. right. Yeah. So, how's your week been? I have just had. I would like to tell listeners about my week,、mm-hmm. and I just came back from Kuji Baths. So I am very, very content right now. So yeah, refreshed. Oh my god!、Mm-hmm. So the women's baths in Kuji—they're two dollars for an entry, and like I drove there, and I was like, "Oh shit! I forgot my two-dollar coin." But then I, <laughs> I I went there anyway, and then they don't do coins; like they only do the card system. Yeah. And I was like, yes! And so, for all you guys who don't know,、um, the Kuji women's baths is like where you can bathe naked, and it's only for female identifying people. Yeah, and it's so, so good. It's like the greatest safe space in Sydney, and you know,、mm-hmm. and today in Sydney, it's like it's not that actually that warm. It's about twenty three, twenty two, but it's like the sun is out. It's absolutely like glorious.、Um, so I had to like after I did my. Filed my article in the morning, which I will talk to you mention about、um, later, and then I drove、mm-hmm. to the beach and I did a few laps.、Um, but yeah,、um, we weren't because of COVID. We weren't allowed to bathe in the sun. We were only allowed to swim. Oh,、okay. yeah. But I was looking forward to just like getting naked, and because you can literally get naked because it, it's、That's、all、wonderful. just women there, and I love uh-huh, uh-huh. I love that safe space. Yeah, we need more space like that. Oh, tell me about it. I can't.、Yeah. I was about to say something super egregiously privileged. I was going to say, I can't believe I have to drive thirty minutes to get there. <laughs> Yuck! No, I'm just、yeah. so, super grateful that we even have something like that in、uh-huh. Sydney, in Australia.、Yeah. You know, in Australia, but not enough. Think about Helen. Just、mm-hmm. let's just sit for a while and for a second and think about the absolute privilege that you and I have in being naked in a public area. As a woman,、mm-hmm. and feeling safe, or even just topless. Yeah, like think about.、Uh-huh. I, I'd say most women in the world don't have that privilege, you know. Yeah, not even in Australia. And does it feel? Yeah, I feel. Worry about. There's just a great freedom in being able to、mm-hmm. be naked outside, definitely, and yeah, not be like、yeah. um, charged, I guess,、mm-hmm, with、mm-hmm. a criminal offence.、Yeah. And there are a few nude beaches in like around, yeah. There are a few nude beaches around Sydney, like um in Watsons Bay. However, every time、mm-hmm. I've gone there with like a previous partner and stuff, every time we go, it's always just mostly been like men over the age of forty, just like、mm-hmm. showing off their dongs. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, and then we go and we're like, I'm like, I don't feel comfortable like stripping、uh-huh. in front of all these、yeah. naked men. Other men, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I say. Like, they there should be more safe space for women to just relax and don't think about anything, and you can get naked. Oh yeah, the body is political. Yeah, it is. Even at home, like you have to close all your blinds and windows, and before that, you can actually get naked. <laughs> oh right, okay, but you don't have close、yeah. neighbors. No, I don't. That's that's one thing. Yeah, 
Anyway, what did you get up to today? Okay, so I walked my dogs uh, earlier today, and I, I got up earlier. I've been getting up so early the past、uh, week or so. I think because the sun's yeah, getting up, sun is getting up, and we're close to the daylight, daylight saving. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, daylight savings, and my dogs getting up like five thirty, and oh, since、God. last week, Luke. Had asked to go to go for a run in the morning on Tuesday and Thursday. Yeah, he just wanted、Why? to find something to do. So Sean, you know, my husband's been getting up early with him to go to the oval and do like a half an hour run. That's really good. He comes back. Yeah, I don't think that he's doing enough exercise. So that's something that he. But he has school, has right? Initiative. Well, they do sport at school. Yeah, he has school. Yeah, it's just towards there. Towards the end of the turn, yeah. But I don't think he's. I. I. He. He probably don't feel like he's doing enough. That's why he wants to take up a bit of running. I wonder、world. what they're doing. I mean, I just think of high school as being the most active period of my life. Every day, literally, I was doing something super active. But with this school, it feels like they're very academic focus. It seems like yeah, freaking elective. Yeah, elective. Ah,、uh, sorry, selective high schools. And he's probably doing a lot of. Um, more studies rather than I know there's there's PE and sports, but it just doesn't feel like and he doesn't do any extracurricular outside of the school, right? Apart from violin, yeah. So yeah. it's a good thing that he's initiated on that.、Uh, speaking of schools, do you have any comments to make about Shaw's the Shaw、uh, guys making the news this yeah. week? Yeah, that's a big news this week, isn't it? Well, it's、um, not. It's just like. <laughs> Just like,、stupid. are we surprised? Not really. <laughs> Nobody is surprised. Yeah. Um. So for anyone who haven't really catch up with the news, that you're a bit slow. <laughs> yeah. It kind of, it was kind of blown up in our social circle, wasn't it? Like we were talking about it yesterday, texting each other. Yeah. I went. I went for a job interview there, like about ten years ago, and I remember going in thinking, like, I feel like I've landed in like Oxford. Like、mm. Oxford or Cambridge University, because the, the the environment, the grounds were just so ridiculously chic and polished and prestigious, pristine.、Mm-hmm. I'd say not prestigious, yeah, just really pristine. And、mm-hmm. all the boys、mm-hmm. were white, but back then I wasn't aware of that. Like I, I didn't take note of that. But、um, uh-huh. I know a couple of shore men. They're all fuckwits. <laughs> I、swear, like seriously, every I feel、uh, like every、mm-hmm. I'd say every year, any any a boy, one boy who gra- there's out of like a say a graduation graduating class of 150 boys from private schools, that you you would have five、mm-hmm. decent normal boys. <laughs> seriously, that's oh yeah, they they are the minority. There is something about、mm-hmm. coming from that egregious wealth. That makes you think that you are the king of the world. Yeah, definitely. I was looking through. I actually wasted. I wouldn't say waste. I would say I spent a lot of time yesterday and this morning just following through the news and looking up Clementine Ford's、um, Instagram feed, where she had asked. I don't know whether or not she asked. Actually, she she was just received a lot of messages from students or. Teachers who have worked in、oh. private boys' school and about their response and how they feel, you know, just、mm. 
the experience, yeah. Like I'm, I'm sure that you, we, yeah. you spoke about your experience working in private boys' school, and that was really interesting. That there was a mom that left a message underneath her discussion of private school. She's saying that she's got three boys and she's not happy. It's just that kind of attitude coming out from the uh, private school parents. Well, the attitude saying that oh, I've got three boys and they go, they all go to private school and they're fine. Mm. You know, just it's that kind of attitude saying that not all mm. men and refusing to acknowledge that there is an institutional mm. problem. Like we're not targeting mm. your sons, and you never know how your son's gonna yeah, turn exactly. out. You're the mother. We're talking about a school. Yeah, you're the mother. You. We're talking about a school that. Dyson Hayden graduated. Oh. If you have a person like Dyson Hayden, got, went all the way up to Supreme Court, High Court, that coming out from that school, yeah, the High Court, sorry, and that kind of behavior was inherently started from what decades ago. I was just thinking that a lot of people saying that oh they just got found out it's they're doing pranks things shits like that. Do you really think that it's a behavior and action that came out overnight? You know, it's the boys have been there for twelve years. Mm. They literally learned that behavior in those twelve years, and no one told them off. Mm. And possibly, this kind of behavior was infor- were enforced by the old boys too. You know, we're talking about white privileged male, mm. like you said, that they think that the king of the world and nothing can harm them. Can I just say, look, I. I mm. Helen, I don't want to spend too long talking about these men because I've changed. Mm. I've shifted my views about this in the last two days when it did come out, um, and our my editor mm. had written a piece about it. She was written a very good piece about it on mm. Women's Agenda. But when I saw this and I heard about it, my first response, and I'm very happy to say, was I didn't read the article in SMH. I believe it was reported mm. in SMH because I just wanted not yes. turn my attention to them anymore. Seriously. Like these mm-hmm. boys, these men, this is exactly the thing that they feed off. This is exactly the thing they love, you know, to have all of Australia talk about them and the school. It's almost like mm-hmm. the old adage of any PR is good PR. These men, they don't care about whether or not we're slamming them. They just care about the fact that people are talking about them. That's what gets them off. These type of these type mm. of men love attention. Like, let me give you an example. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, when I was working at um, a boys' school, I think two years ago, uh, there was a muck-up day, the last day of school for the boys, and a lot of them dressed up um, as really sexualized. Like, they were in skirts and nurses' uniforms, and um, and they were really being super silly on the oval, and... There was this one point during the day where um, these boys in year 12 started kind of gyrating half naked in the middle of the playground in the sports field. Mm-hmm. And then I saw my my student. I didn't teach any year 12 students, but I taught year 7 and 8 at that point. And I saw my boys, and that's how I felt. You know, these are young boys in year 7 and 8. They're four, 13, 14-year-old boys. They were just mm-hmm. staring at these year 12 boys and kind of just like you could see on their faces almost like an admiration, like almost like a deluded admiration that they were like, wow, these boys are really mm-hmm. cool. These year 12 boys are so cool. They're kind of doing something really silly. People are looking at them. That's 
precisely the thing I want to turn my head away from. I no longer want to mm-hmm. give my attention to these men, to these young boys. They don't deserve mm-hmm. my attention. Well, they don't. Yeah, I understand. You know what I mean? I just don't yeah. even want to think about them anymore. They're just not even worth my time. You know yeah. what I mean? They're not worth of anyone's time. To Anyone, be honest, yeah, time. I, I, I wish this didn't even come out. I don't care that a bunch of year 12 hooligans thought that it would be funny to put fucking Asian girl on a checklist. I don't but care you know about what? that. But you know what? Uh, the police and even the school is calling it on a prank. I think that's the false conception of this case that they think it's a prank what if they really go through it? it I think it's if it's a planned crime they should acknowledge that it's a planned crime I mean we get people that's arrested planning you know terrorist um, attacks but this kind of thing that they what they're doing the boys are doing are essentially causing fear around the community but they're not considered as terrorists they're considered as pri- um, pranks can you imagine I think yesterday I text you can you imagine if it's an ethnic school that the ethnic schools boys did yeah. kind of this um yeah what, what would, would I the call backlash? the muck up yeah yeah what would the backlash the politicians will be jumping on it and talking yeah. about that how shit that the multicultural sorry excuse me how how shit multicultural is and we shouldn't have this kind of boys in our country but when white boys do it from a wealthy um yeah. school it's like oh yeah they're a prank you know they're doing the prank Nothing wrong with it. Fuck that. It's just it's just not racialized. Yeah. It's never racialized. Whereas yeah. if anyone else did it, it would have been racialized and they would have been Yeah. Yeah. Smudged it um smashed into a hole. <sighs> yeah, okay. Alright. Let's take a break. Okay, welcome back to our 27th 28th episode it's almost it's like six months hey 28th <laughs> yeah we should have a celebration hell yeah cake yeah, this weekend i'm going to a yeah, bathhouse with my friend tomorrow two of my girlfriends mm-hmm. very excited but we can't get naked unfortunately mm-hmm. that's nice we have to wear our bathers anyway what did you watch this week what do you want to talk about mm-hmm. culture wise <laughs> This week, I finished watching Indian matchmaking. <laughs> it's just something that I um, watched to free up my mind, not thinking about shit stuff happening around the world. But it was just really interesting watching. Oh, it's not. In- it's interesting for me. I'm sure that the people participating in the mm. show have um, felt the pressure of getting married in the Indian culture. You know, it's kind of transcended of my concepts about the culture and the value they place on marriage is just the i think there's a lot of generational conflict and the contradiction between like progressive and conservative family values uh, a lot of uh i'll say candidates in that show mm. feels like like they've been forced to grow up you know and asking mm. themselves what is the real meaning of having a life partner like the parents their parents i think uh, believe that oh you you're at 25 you have to get married now whereas the mm. kids are still 
been very perplexed mm-hmm. about their own life. They're like, oh, but I'm living happily now. You know, mm-hmm. I'm working, I'm independent. Why do I have to get married? And you can see a lot of cultural differences mm-hmm. in the attitudes between of Indians grew up in U.S. and Indians grew up in yeah, India yeah. because the show was taken in place both in U.S. and India. And on the other note, that I finished uh, reading Sayaka. Murata's Earthling, the book that you passed on to me about two weeks yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, initially, I thought it was like a young adult sci-fi genre, mm-hmm. but to summarize it, it's very compelling and comical and satirical work. Can you tell me what the storyline is? Okay, so it's like in 20 words or less. Oh, okay. A woman who believed that she is an alien, she couldn't fit into the society mm-hmm. because she doesn't want to get married. And she believed the society, the earthling, I'm going to put air quote on it. The earthling society is basically a factory that makes people to go through education and then work and then breed. Oh, I love it. it. I think I'll yeah. love this. This is me. Yeah, you you will you so love me. it because it's very similar to Convenience, Convenience Store, Woman. Store Woman. Which I also loved and also yeah. related to because the character in there just... Oh, no. I, so... For you guys who haven't read it, Convenience Store Women is about just basically this the woman in her 30s whose only ambition in life is to keep working at a convenience store. She doesn't want to get married mm-hmm. or have kids. I read it in one day, in one mm-hmm. sitting mm-hmm. at the beach. It was lovely. And I related to every single part of the story except for her ambition. Like, because I'm like completely the opposite. I'm like the most ambitious person I know. Yeah. Um, but she's content. But, the character in yeah. the book, she's content just working. Yeah, but it's about her alienation, about yeah, her alienation of not fulfilling all those metrics that we have put on. That's right. Yeah. So it sounds like the second book is very similar. It's very similar, but there's a lot of aspects that is different. If I want to compare these two books, the convenience store woman is uh, a bit easier to read, as in there's no a lot of incident happen it's just mm-hmm. a, really a bit of a smooth ride whereas mm-hmm. earthling there's um i don't want to give you spoil like i don't want to spoil for you <laughs> for our lives to be over. <laughs> sorry <laughs> um there's sexual assaults and it's uh, there's okay. a bit of um american cycle a bit graphic narrative narratives of physical violence in a book what did you say towards there's- the there's American. It's what? a bit. Oh, American Psycho. It's a bit similar. Yeah, it's a bit similar Ugh. to American Psycho. I think there's a bit of there's okay, that's graphic, um, like physical violence. Oh, you haven't read American so Psycho. It's not though. a kids book. So oh, I watched the movie. <laughs> yeah, but you haven't read it, so you no. don't know how no, of explicit not. it goes yeah. into. I think it's quite explicit in Earthling. Yeah. Okay. I don't cool. know. I don't and know about your standards. So <laughs> it's a very short book as well. So yeah, it is that's very good. Short, yeah. And how about you? Um, I am currently trying to get through uh, two books. Mm-hmm. Um, so my next novel is about a schizophrenic woman, yes. woman mm-hmm. an a schizophrenic Asian woman. Mm-hmm. And so I'm reading as much as I can on schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. Um, the center ho- the center does not hold is a memoir, a famous memoir by Ellen Sachs. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm kind of finding it really frustrating because she's real. She's from a very, 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 very wealthy, privileged background. Mm-hmm. And so most of what she talks about is, the uh the medications and the uh health care that she gets mm-hmm. you know she gets to go to a lot of these clinics and um sort of um rehabilitation centers if you will mm-hmm. um and i'm just thinking like i want to read 
I want to read something more about what it's like to live with schizophrenia from an Asian woman's perspective, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? And so that has been a f- source of frustration um, for a discussion of, of, for, for another day. And I'm also reading for lightheartedness, John Updike's The e- Witches of Eastwick, mm-hmm. which is a movie I saw with Billy and Kyle a few weeks ago I told you yes. about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then it's a great book so far. Like, I've never done any Updike. I tend to avoid the canon, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's good. It's just like clearing up my brain. Oh, that's fantastic. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, should we jump into our main topic today? Let's go yeah. ahead, Helen. Why don't you tell the listeners what 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 you're talking, what you're, right. we're going to discuss? Right. The reason I want to do today's topic is that in the past um, two months or so, there were two major sex scandals happening in Taiwan. The first mm-hmm. one happened in Ju- July. Yes, the first one happened in July, and the victim's surname's Lin as well. Um, she took her, her own life. Uh, what happened was that Lin was sexually assaulted by her supervisor at her workplace. Mm-hmm. And the supervisor, after sexually uh, assaulted her, he expressed his love for her. Mm-hmm. And she, I, I want to say she falsely believed, but I don't think she falsely believed. I think she was forced to be involved in win that relationship with her supervisor. You know, a lot of confusion mm-hmm for the victims of sexual assaults that they believe that their perpetrator is in love with them. And the toxic cycle amongst, you know, sometimes the parenting too because parents would tell, I think it still happens in a lot of conservative societies that when you when a woman is sexually assaulted that the parents or the guardians will force that their daughter or their, the the girl, you know, mm, to marry. It, so I was going to say it's mostly always yeah, a girl. to marry yeah. that person. Yes, so can you tell us how old was Lin? Uh, Lin was 28 or 29. And when, her she killed her, when she died by suicide. Yes. And her supervisor was in like 40, late 40s. Mostly it happened between the power struggle because she works at the same place. Okay, what was their work? Uh, they're in New Taipei Health uh, Ministry, I think. So it's a government. Oh, it's a government. It, yeah, it's a context. government institution. Okay, that's very yeah. interesting. And was the man was the man married? What was his situation? Yes, the man was married. With kids. So I don't know. I don't know if he's got kids because there wasn't any report came out coming out saying that whether or not he's a father of any child. Um, so essentially, the victim was trapped in the situation, being labeled as a mistress, mm-hmm. and she probably had <sighs> confused about how she could take control of the situation. So when she reported. The sexual assault at you know the incident at her workplace, the man and his wife turned on her, saying that well you're actually the one who's damaging our marriage. Mm-hmm. You know how I we mentioned the adultery laws, uh, a lot of stories like this in Taiwan. Yeah, the abolishing of adultery laws a couple of weeks ago. So she was being labeled as a villain to destroy someone else's marriage, and she had kind of it. Everything just taken a toll on her mental health. So she left a note stating that her side of the story and she taken her own life. Yeah. Uh, was she ever shamed publicly, this young woman? The media had, I think the how the media portrayed her wasn't exactly the right way to do it. Because there's still a lot of victim blaming in a lot of media reports. For example, um, from what I've read in a lot of uh, 
the Chinese, obviously it's a Chinese uh, newspaper, and they say that she, why did it took her so long to come out and report it? And why didn't she seek help? And a lot of social accommodators in Taiwan have questioned her integrity about coming out to report it. I feel that the system kind of created the myth around to worship the marriage as a pure institution. And every anything that comes into the marriage is the the flaw rather than um, questioning why the man was the perpetrator. What did you say? Anything that comes into the marriage is a flaw. What do you mean by that? What I mean is that um, I think Taiwan is a society, they still blame a lot on the mistress or whoever or what do you call, what do you go like the affair, the person who who is in, the, in between the husband and the wife. The other woman. Yeah, the other woman. But they never question that the husband or the wife is the problem. So I guess my question before you started answering the about the media was my specific question was did Lynn kill herself after receiving threats or after the media come out, came out to shame her? Is that what you're saying? Oh no, she I think the timeline was that she was her workplace was still investigating the sexual assault case uh-huh, uh-huh. and she wasn't uh, in the right mental space because the wife have contacted her and kind of threatening her saying that, mm. well, essentially the wife shamed her, I think. The mm. wife and the man shamed her saying that you're the mistress. Um, why do you come out and, you know, pointing the fingers at my husband because you're the one who was doing the wrong thing. Yeah, even though she was raped. Yeah, even though she's raped. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Okay, what about the second case? Well, the second case happened in early September. So there were, You mean this year? Yes, this year. Uh, only about two so weeks like ago. So like a couple of yeah, weeks ago. only back. about two okay, weeks ago. Yeah. So this guy is the ex-presidential uh, office spokesman, Ding Yu Gong. Yeah, he handed in his resignation when a sex scandal came on service um, by one of his former girlfriend, alleged him that he was seen for woman at the same time when he was dating her dating her back in 2004. Um, he was working at the Kaohsiung mayor office. So apparently that woman uh, was forced by him to have three abortions. And also they, she told the media that they had sex in his office. Um, mm. He had urged her to have abortion when she became pregnant because that he doesn't want to impact on his career. And this guy's married? Uh, no, he wasn't married. He was only engaged. So there wasn't any marriage involved. But he's still hanging his resignation. So I had a conversation with my husband, like questioning why the response in Australia and in Taiwan is so different because when we had Barnaby Joyce cheating on his wife, yeah. And he he's still in the office. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. whereas this guy was forced to resign when there wasn't any marriage involved. I know because right. there's abortion involved, yeah. there's yeah. still, you know, for some people's standard, that is still morally wrong. It was just very, very political because this guy is in the Democratic Party. So the 
KMT have started questioning that. They were just questioning Green Party's feminists. You know, you're hypocrites because you are all formed feminists. And, and when this guy came up having this kind of shitty problems, you didn't stop him. Because this happened like, what, 15, 15 years ago. Yeah, it's just recently been surfaced onto the media. So, yeah. um, so is there any sexual assault allegations against this man? There wasn't sexual assault okay. allegations. It's, so it's there just, was just, just so it was consent. Case, it was a consent relationship. Yeah. Consensual relationship. Okay, so it mm-hmm. just sounds like these two cases are very different because very the first different. case was about a sexual, um, a guy who clearly had sexually like assaulted a woman multiple times, and then mm-hmm. the second one is just. Mm-hmm. A guy who likes to have a lot of sex with different women. Mm-hmm. That's right. And yeah. why should that stop? Like, wh- I don't know why that should mean that he wouldn't be able to govern well. Yeah, I think like maybe he's into polyamory, mm-hmm. and even if mm-hmm. he's not, we don't have to put labels mm-hmm. on it. But like the fact that he was seeing four women at the same time, there is absolutely nothing morally wrong with that. Mm-hmm. In my opinion. Yeah, in, in our opinion, I think if it's all, like polyamorous and it was agreed upon each other, there's no nothing wrong with that. But I think Taiwan, Taiwan is not, the society is an overall, it's not progressive enough to accept this kind of um, relationship, I guess, because they think yeah. um, when you're not being responsible to one person, how could you be responsible to the overall country? Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's that's a yeah. very conservative perception, I guess. Well, can I just say I kind of disagree with you in the in that um, it's not Taiwan. Like in every oh, single yeah. country in mm-hmm. the world, most most leaders are married in heterosexual and heteronormative couples. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, we don't have a leader who is openly poly- polyamorous. Mm-hmm. We don't have a leader who openly espouses any other form of fam for outside of any other form outside of the familial heteronormative mm-hmm. uh, patriarchal structures of a family like a wife kids daughter son mm-hmm. you know yeah um so it just says something a lot about how uh exclusive excluding and also very uh discriminatory that the political world is against people whose personal lives don't follow the heteronormative standards, mm-hmm. which, you know, patriarchy has always espoused. Yeah, yeah. And I think the media and overall society loves to use sex as a symbol of taboo to continuously mm-hmm. um, taking it upon as an aspect to attack females' moral standard. Yeah. Because from both stories, from both news, I've seen um, social commentators, they are continuously... Even though they don't think that they are, they do, but they are like doing a lot of victim blaming. For example, with the second one, um, I wouldn't say the woman is a victim. She was she chose to be in a consensual relationship, but she came out and saying that she had three abortions. And there's another female, there's a female social um, commentator saying that, well, if you had one abortion, you should you should have known that you should leave him. Mm. That kind of just puts me off. I'm like, okay, so you, the social accommodator does not know the relationship. How can you comment or blaming the woman? And also I've seen uh, a lot of media portrayal of the perpetrator as a golden boy. There's a term in Taiwan, Huang Jin Nan Hai. Yeah, I've heard of they that. They can do nothing wrong. They can do nothing wrong. Well, that's wrong. like most men. Yeah. 
It's so easy. It must be so easy to be a man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm kidding. You obviously. mentioned it before. Yeah, so I think it's just the connection is so bizarre to me that in Taiwan. Well, it's not bizarre. As in, it's continuously people don't look at the power structure, but they when something like this happened, they're always targeting on sex. Rather than the power struggle between men and women. What do you mean they're always targeting sex in terms of? Well, I don't understand what your last point was. Well, because the readers of the news loves to dig into people's private life, and especially if it's a public figure, they always feel like it's if something that is related to sex that they can like poke onto it. I can't find a proper word to explain it. Because it seems as a very gossipy type of thing that people can talk、mm. about it, because it's tabooed in society. Like for people like us, we kind of shrug it off if it's a topic about sex, because it's so. Because we don't see our public figures as sexual beings, as whole human beings. We see them as professional leaders. Like no, nobody ever. Jerks off to a Barack Obama, you know. We don't think about him as sex a sexual <laughs> character in our mind in the way that, say,、mm-hmm. like Zac Efron,、mm-hmm. you know, he's sexualized.、Mm-hmm. Is that what you mean? Like,、mm-hmm. there's this barrier between, um, there's this sort of different types of facades that we hold onto different public figures in society. They are at the same time that people love to look at something that is related to sex. I think because that is very personal as well.、Mm. It's a private thing that you don't talk about it with your family, but you want to.、Um, I just can't find a word to describe it. It's just something, maybe for not for、uh, you or me, but I think a lot of people、mm. in general that will want to、mm. know about other people's sexual、right. life, but in the In a hidden way, like you read it on the newspaper,、right. but you don't.、Uh, I honestly have no idea how to. Yeah, I'm really、it. curious as to know what you're trying to say、yeah. because usually you know how to express what you're trying to say, but you seem to be very <laughs> stuck on this one aspect. Yeah, it's so strange. Like I don't, I care. I I am interested in the sex lives of other people, but I could give a fuck about the sex lives of famous people. I don't give a shit about famous people. Anyone who is famous is like the most boring person in the world to me. I literally, if like Michelle Obama walked down the street, I would not give a fucking crap. Who cares? Seriously, she is not any more interesting than you are. Honestly, except Zac Efron. If if I saw Zac Efron, I would probably go up. <laughs> No, so you're being contradicted now. I'm obsessed. You're、with. contradicting yourself. <laughs> oh, I was actually thinking about Zac Efron the other day, and like he was in High School Musical, right? That was his first thing, and like wasn't he like a skinny, scrawny guy? You know, he was a teenager when that isn't came he、out. still is now? 
I thought he is still now. Oh my god, are you serious, Helen? Have you seen his no, latest pictures? No, I haven't pictures? seen him for ages. I don't fuck. Follow oh my Zac god, Efron. how dare you not follow Zac Efron closely? Anyway, he's like massive now, <laughs> like gross. It's it's a bit too much for me. Oh, okay. Anything else you want to say? I think it's just a you know the media's lack of real reporting on the case. They focus mostly on sex, but not the power issue. That's why I feel like, and that kind of blurring the public perception about the problem. Of the power dynamics between men and women, and particularly at workplace, you know how because there's a power struggle. When the first news that I was talking about, she's an employee of a of a certain department, and he's high mm. up there, so the disparity at the workplace, and she had literally very little help of what、mm. she was going through.、Mm. Yeah, and the continuous victim blaming, of of course. As well、mm. as society's expectation of woman, that really pisses me off.、Mm, It's like the、mm. society expects woman to be in the marriage, and society don't accept the idea of the mistress. It always seems to me that when a, when an affair has happened, the guys get off so easily, whereas the wife and the mistress are the real victims. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, always. I do wonder if that'll ever change. Probs not.、Uh, did you want to quickly just mention about Lin Yihan's case because?、Mm, okay. So back in two thousand and seventeen, Lin Yihan was a twenty-six-year-old woman who was married to her husband.、Um, she had published a book、um, called Li Something 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 First Loves Paradise. 思呃房思琪的初恋乐园房思琪 First love paradise. Yes,、yeah. yeah. yeah. Thanks, Hell.、Um, and she, it was published in April by a small publishing house. And then three months after she published this book, she was found by her husband hanging, I believe, in her apartment.、Um, she had hung herself. And a couple a couple of weeks after her death, her parents came out to say that the book was actually not fiction, but in fact based on her own life. And the book traces very graphically、um, an assault in which、um, happened to the protagonist, so who we now know believe is Li 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 Yinhan. And she, in, when she was thirteen years old, her、um, cram school teacher, like、um, Bu Xiban, the lousy,、mm-hmm. um, forced oral sex on her, like he put his penis inside her mouth.、Mm-hmm. And、um, the scene in that book was translated for me by Bonnie Hugh.、Um, she. Was a translator I got in touch with、um, during that time I was writing that article for the LA Review of Books, and it's quite disturbing,、um, obviously. But the way in which she writes that scene is like、um, this young girl who is being forced to do something she didn't want to do, obviously, and she was made to believe that if she told anyone about this assault, he would punish her.、Mm-hmm. And you know, when you're young, adults are gods,、mm-hmm. you know, especially teachers. You know,、mm-hmm. in Taiwan. Um, the status of a teacher is rever- revered. There's so much reverence、yeah. around, like a Bushiban 老师 how you know principals. You know you listen to the teacher. Like the I remember、authority. when I was, in, yeah, yeah, I remember when I was in year three, I was screamed at by my year three teacher, and I told my mum when I came home, and mum was like, and I was, and I told my mum she made me cry so bad, and then my mum said, well, that's your fault. Next time you have to listen to the teacher. Like yeah,、so、I just often、up. think about that because you know, as a teacher myself in private schools,、um, any time I made pissed off at a student, I was always reprimanded by the parent. It was never the child's fault; it was always me. 
Anyway, um, so Li Han's case um was this guy has now this the bushy bad losses. This guy he was in his fifties. Um, apparently, he had um also assaulted numerous other women. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now he has not been he has not been criminally charged. He is apparently the last I've heard of him is he's now teaching somewhere in China. the obscure parts of China. Yeah. yeah. So just another example of fucked up things happening in, in this fucked up world. Yeah. So essentially he groomed a lot of uh, female students and mm. sexually assaulted them. Mm. And Lin Yihan, she's an amazing, amazing writer. And we watched yeah. some of her video her interviews. interviews. Yeah, she's very, very smart. Yeah. She's very smart and so yeah. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just really heartbreaking when I heard the news about she took her own life. And a lot of people that I've spoken to who read her, read her um, book, has said that it really traumatized them. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I I don't know how, like I haven't read that book, but I'm I want to know that if like I've emailed the publisher and asking them to, hopefully they can get someone to. Translate it into English. Yeah, but Helen, yeah. you write, you read Chinese. Why don't oh, you yeah, buy I, the Chinese? I feel like I can kind of detach myself from the trauma <laughs> if if it's in English. I think I, I oh, can okay. have a bit of distance if I read. It oh, in so English. you don't want to read it in? I don't Chinese. Well, I don't think I'm ready yet because I when I was growing up, when I was like sixteen or fifteen, I wrote, I read a chinese novel and that was that really traumatized me and a similar was story it? it was a similar story to ling yi hans it was grooming what was the book and, um fire in paradise i think who's it by uh chong yao <laughs> who's <laughs> chong yao chong yao is a relatively older generation that like our parents generation's author a female yeah, Taiwanese. And Taiwanese, and she's like a Ooh, script okay. writer for a lot of dramas. A lot of Ooh. her books that's made into like the soapy drama in yeah. Taiwan. Uh-huh. But uh-huh. one of this book, um, 失火的天堂, yeah. If I translate that, I think it's Heaven, Paradise in Fire. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's about sexual assaults and misfortunes of one girl as well. So that that book really yeah, traumatized right. me. Yeah. You never told me that. Wow. Okay. I'm so jealous you know how to read in another language. If only I knew how to do that. Then you'll be able to find a book, hopefully, about the mental illness female. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God, Helen. Yeah, I forgot to tell you. Last night, a bunch of friends and I, like four or five friends of us, went to Dendi Newtown to see the translators. Okay. Oh, you finally see it. Okay. Yeah. How was it? Yeah. It was really bad. Uh, it was a bad film. It was very oh no. not. It was kind of jokey, bad, but it was so good to see bilingual actors. Oh, was it? What what languages? All the actors knew how to speak two, three, four, five what languages. languages were there? It was primarily in French. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but like every, but there was a lot of multi, multi language uh, things uh. happening during that movie, like. There was this one scene um, where all the actors started speaking in different languages. It was so funny and so weird, but so incredible to think that actually most people in Europe speak more than two, three languages. Yeah, they're all multilingual. <laughs> Whereas, like here in Australia or like we're America, very, we're very monolingual. 
yeah. or the UK, everyone just speaks one language. Like how paralyzing is that? I feel like an idiot <laughs> You're um, not an only idiot. being able to read one language. It feels absolutely it feels absolutely paralyzing. I feel like I really need to keep up with my Russian. I need to go back and learn Russian again. Are you watching Russian films? No. Yeah. No. Is I'm it already not. hard? <laughs> I guess so, yeah. It's kind of depressing, mm. isn't it? Russian films. That's why I say I keep sending you texts about like Chinese films or Japanese films that you can watch it. Like that's the the production mm. from either Taiwan or Japan rather than Hollywood. I think mm, mm. it's really helpful when you're watching um, films of other languages. Yeah, very oh, interesting. Because yeah. you just see, feel the different perspective and the culture coming out from that. All right. I think that's it for t- this week's episode. Yeah. Any final words, that's Helen? That's for us. No, no final words today. I think I've kind of ranted enough. And uh, what are you looking forward <laughs> to this week? Looking forward to this week, not much. Is a kid's school holiday coming up. So I, it's always like the last minute. I've been shuffling around and looking for activities for mm. Aya to do during mm. the school holiday. Because finally, you know, a lot of things that's been opened up. The last two school holidays, yeah. we were just yeah, cooked yeah, yeah. up in the house. Yeah. yeah. And yourself? I'm doing a pottery class with mum this weekend. Super excited that's about right. that. Mm-hmm. And that's then seeing cool. a friend who's having a baby in like a week's time. Wow. And then I have a hen's night as well. About oh, someone's getting married. <laughs> someone's getting married. Yeah. One of my uni friends is getting married. Cool. It's like literally the second bucks slash hen's night I've had ever because like none of my friends are married, uh-huh. which I say so proudly. Yeah. <laughs> Don't fall into the, yeah. Don't fall into the system. <laughs> Jesus, no. Yeah. Alright, guys. Yeah. Um, I would just before we go, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna mention about, our competition, guys. Yeah, the competitions ending. I think Mary will announce the winner tomorrow. <gasps> so, so make sure that you check out our show note. I'll make another link on our this episode show note. And before I go, oh, before mm. we go. Um, listeners to mention this week, we had uh, a couple of responses uh, from our listeners when I asked them on our Instagram, what's your favorite episode? Uh-huh. So there's a blue sky, warm sea. That's the account name. He or she or they say that uh, they're all, uh, all our episodes are their favorite. Uh, they've just connected with us. Uh, so a while nice. ago yeah it's so nice and of course Harriet thank you Harriet yeah <laughs> yeah she uh she said that Mother's Day and the racism episode was a uh-huh. were her favorite yeah so thank you so much for your continuous support support guys yeah, yeah. love you so once again, thank you to our listeners. remember to subscribe our podcast on Spotify, Google, and Apple podcast. Please give us a rating, review, and also share our podcast to your friends. You can find our updates on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Asian Bitches Down Under. We welcome discussions and feedback. So we'll chat to you next week. Bye. See you guys.